Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Ephesians chapter 6 is the chapter in which we're told to put on the whole armor of God. When I think about this passage, it strikes me that This is teaching us that every single Christian, every single one of us is a soldier, which means that we are committed to loyalty to our fellow soldiers. We are committed to taking care of and protecting our fellow soldiers against the fiery darts, as this chapter is going to call it, of the wicked one. I was thinking about the soldier's responsibility to protect a fellow soldier. And I looked on the Army, just for an example, I looked on the Army website, army.mil, and the Army values, there's a page that just lists the Army values. It says, many people know what the words loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, etc. mean, but how often do you see someone actually living up to them? Soldiers learn these values in detail during basic combat training, and from then on, they live them every day in everything that they do. The first one of those listed words is loyalty, and it says loyalty is bearing true faith and allegiance to the Constitution, to the Army, to your unit, and to other soldiers. It means believing in and devoting yourself to something or someone. And then it says, a loyal soldier is one who supports the leadership and stands up for fellow soldiers. So it is in our spiritual warfare, we have a common enemy, and that enemy is described in verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, the world rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places or high places. So our common enemy is darkness, and there is no longer ruling kingdom in this world than the kingdom of darkness. There is no more powerful kingdom in this world except Matthew 16, 16 to 18, the kingdom of heaven is more powerful. But there is no more powerful domain in this world than the kingdom of darkness, that one against which we, as individual soldiers of Christ, are fighting. And yet, though we are individual soldiers, soldiers, God has placed us in a fellowship, in a unity, in an army, if you will, so that we are responsible for the well-being of each other as we, as we fight the greatest enemy that this world has. It says that our reason for putting on the armor is so that we might be ready for the evil day, being able to stand in the evil day, verse 13, wherefore taken to you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I was reading about that evil day, and the commentary I was reading said that we can think about that as the day of our worst temptation, as the day of the big assault. And I thought about that, and you know, I think that there's something to be said for the fact that there's probably going to be a, to come a time in each of our lives when we are going to reach the apex of the devil's ability 
to get us. He realizes our weakest points. He realizes the points where we may have left a hole in the armor, and he is going to try to get us in those weakest points, and that's the evil day. That's the evil day against which we are supposed to prepare and, and in which we are supposed to stand. And especially in our context today, that's the day that we're looking for for our fellow soldiers so that we can be protective of them. We can prepare ourselves with this armor to also be protective of those soldier, soldiers around us. I wanted us to spend just a few minutes up on the first part of that armor today and then we will um, maybe we'll pick up with the other parts of the armor a little bit later but it says in verse 14 stand therefore having your loins girt or girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness what is that girdle of truth well as I was looking at this of course the soldiers in the Roman army weren't naked underneath that armor they had their clothing and the roman clothing was robes it was flowing robes and so it seems to me that this underneath girdle that they're speaking about as part of the armor was what bound up those the flow anything flowing uh, the girdle would bind it up and tighten it around the body so that it would never be allowed to trip up the soldier the girdle bound the flowing or the loose. You know, I think about that and it's obvious that truth, integrity, honesty, a core system of values from which I will not be deferred, that is just such a restriction of morality. If I have a core set of values, and if they are determined before I get myself, myself into a situation of temptation, then I'm not going to have those loose and flowing parts that I don't know what to do with that are gonna trip me up at the last minute. Those are already going to be bound up in the fact that I have a core value of truth that is going to guide me in every decision that I make. You know, Colleyanna just turned a year old and she's just now beginning to walk. Well, she's she's been walking about a month now. And she trips up a lot, especially if it's Sunday and she's got on one of those ankle length smocked dresses that comes almost to the floor. And then when she bends over to pick something up, her little shoe gets caught on the top of the hem of that dress. And when she stands back up, she's gonna fall over that dress. And so, we were in the church building the other day and she was running down the aisle and getting caught up on her dress and her granddaddy, her papa, just uh, picked her up and turned her around and tied a great big knot right over her bottom in that dress so that it drew that dress way up on her legs and she had a big knot behind her. But she just ran to her heart's content because her papa had girded up the flowing robe her papa had tied a knot in or, or bound that uh, unrestricted fabric that kept making her fall. It was a girdle that protected her from tripping up. Well, that's kind of the idea here, the girdle of truth. If you have a core set of 
moral values, a truth compass, and it's been decided long before the temptation or the day of assault, the, um, what did verse 12 call it, the evil day? Well before that evil day comes, you've already decided your core value system and you are not going to be deterred from clinging to that core value system, then you're girded. You're going to be able to resist the temptation far better in the evil day. This core value system gives gives one no choice but to confront sin as sin. To not look the other way when sin occurs in the lives of people that you love and you know it's going to destroy them. You've got a core value system and so your system that's already in place, your girdle of truth, makes you address it in love and it just will not let you leave dangerous, loose ends in the way of the people that you love without at least attempting to address those issues. We can't, can't help others if we are haphazard in our own Christianity. If we, you know, sort of think we know the principles, but we're going to wait until the day when the temptation comes and, and see if we know how to apply those principles. Or if we, you know, know that the Bible has truth and, and we, we get into the Word when we feel like we really need it, we look for the answers in the Word, but we're not daily Bible students. We know the value of prayer and asking for the wisdom of God, but we, you know, we're so, there's so many loose ends in our lives, so many chaotic um, schedules that we are somewhat haphazard in our, in our obedience, and we are not orderly or uh, keeping to a, a preset design that we have decided on in our Christianity. If we are haphazard in our Christianity, we're not going to be able to help others keep from tripping up on the loose ends in their lives. So the girdle of truth is that which binds us for the evil day, keeps us from tripping up in the evil day because we have already firmly set in our hearts our core value system based on God's Word, and we're not going to let those dangerous ends get in the way. I said let's talk about one, but let's go ahead and move to one more, the breastplate of righteousness. This breastplate was metal, and it covered the neck to the thigh. The most important muscle that it covered was the human heart. The blood could pump because, could continue pumping even many times if there was an assault with a fiery dart because that assault, that fiery dart was turned away because that important muscle was protected by, uh, by the breastplate of righteousness. What is righteousness? Well, righteousness is holiness, it's purity. And if there was a hole, in that breastplate of righteousness, the enemy might find that hole. And let me just say this, in the Roman army, they might not know where where your hole in your breastplate was if you were holding your shield over it, but the devil knows where the holes in our breastplates are, and he's going to hunt those holes. I think about David, a man after God's own heart, but he had a hole in his breastplate in his holiness with regard to women. And the devil knew where that was and the devil got him right there. I think about 
Peter. He was, a, he was a great man of God. He was a great and bold disciple of Jesus Christ, but he had a hole in his breastplate. And the devil found that around that fire, outside uh, the mock trial that was going on, the scourging of our Lord that was going on. Peter was standing around that fire, and the devil found the hole in his breastplate. And he messed him up with that one little hole. Think about Judas. There had to be a lot of good qualities about Judas because he was chosen to be one of the twelve. And yet there was a hole. There was a big hole in his breastplate, and the Lord um, was not the priority, of course, in the life of Judas. And the devil found that hole in the breastplate. If there's a hole in our holiness, in our purity, in our righteousness, the devil knows where that is. And so we have to work to make sure that our breastplate of righteousness, our holiness, our purity is complete. How do we do that? We stay in the Word. We stay away from evil forms of entertainment. We think about whatever things are true, pure, just, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. Philippians 4.8 We decide that especially in the sinful culture in which we live in the year 2017, that we cannot be like the world. And so we work to ensure that our breastplate has no holes. We can only rescue our children from the sinful impurities of this world if we are maintaining holiness in ourselves and in our homes. Keep digging! If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.